0: Let's pray.
1: God, we ask that through your word this morning from the scriptures and and the message that our hearts are opened to what you would have us know. That as you speak to us, that not only do we hear you, but we act in response. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts this day be pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So this morning we are on faithfulness. What does that mean to you? Like if someone were to ask you,
0: what does faithfulness mean? Like if your kids or
1: grandkids had asked you,
0: what does faithful mean? What would you say? Trustworthy, yep. Belief. Like the, the person, you believe that the person will do what they say they're gonna do or? Mm-hmm. So cons- consistent, honest, dependable. <laughs> yes, okay, what else? Anything else? It's interesting,
1: I'm sorry, what? Yes, trustworthy, absolutely. Um, and the interesting thing that that I found while researching this, and we're not going with Greek today, um, is that faithfulness, unlike some of the other fruit of the spirit, is very behaviorally oriented. Um, It's all about behavior, really. Um, And so we demonstrate faithfulness. We, We can't be faithfulness, I don't think, because it's something that flows out of us. Um, And so yes, trustworthy, dependable, committed, um, and a person who demonstrates integrity and honesty are all things um, that go into what it means to be faithful. Um, And part of our, our journey as Christians is to be faithful to what God asks us to do. And we do that through intentional discernment, intentional um, prayer, and speaking to God about, you know, God, what do you want for me? Um, I know that the last, I'll say, major kind of work um, or calling decision that that I made uh, was before the special general conference in 2019, um, where theoretically it was going to be decided you know, what the United Methodist Church was doing in terms of uh, the people who uh, call themselves part of the LGBTQ thing, um, part of uh, that demographic. And so I went into a time of discernment and was praying about what God wanted me to do. God, do you want me to stay United Methodist or do you want me to go? And I will get to the answer to that at the end of the sermon. But it's these kind of questions of, God, what do you want for me? Um, What do you want for the church? Whether it's this particular place and space and people or the larger church as the body of Christ, the universal church. So I asked you what it means, what faithfulness means. So if you were to describe an action or a behavior uh, that the church demonstrates and demonstrates faithfulness, what would you say that might be?
0: How does the church demonstrate faithfulness? It's a tricky one, isn't it?
1: Well, I think part of it is by doing what you're doing with the giving every month and helping a local family. Um, And if you're telling the people why you're doing it, that's even better. Um, Worshiping, whether that's on Sunday morning or uh, at some other time during the week, that's part of faithfulness. Because faithfulness in and of itself is I think really about relationship. It's what God invites us to. And that's where we get into this parable um, of of the talents or uh, of the gold. And here are some of the highlights and see if this uh, reminds you of anyone or um, how we are with Jesus today. So a master goes away for a long time. And he gives or entrusts his wealth to three of his servants. And then when he comes back, there's an expectation of some kind of faithfulness, of growth or expansion of what what he's given his servants. Two servants were faithful. One wasn't. And so I think that in some ways that leads to the question of faithfulness to what, right? So in researching this passage, Jesus may have on the surface been talking about money, but in reality, he was not like the, only the literal interpretation of this parable, which is not that leaves a lot on the table because it's a parable. It's a story, like there's always another layer or two underneath a parable. There's always kind of a hidden meaning. And so as I researched this, one of the things that my uh, commentary brought out was that the, the servant who was given five and the servant who was given two bags of gold, they effectively used the amounts entrusted to them. So both of them doubled what they had been given. Part of this was that they were living up to their potential and their talents. The master gave different amounts. He didn't give the same amount to everybody because apparently the master thought that one, you know, one had more talent than another and that's okay. There, you know, there wasn't any judgment in, in the giving from the master and then the third thing that i thought of was that the master went away and scripture says for a long time so we don't know how long that was it could have been a couple months and at that time it could have been potentially 6 months to a year and the thing that struck me as i was contemplating this is that they were faithful even theoretically when their master wasn't watching They didn't have anyone to supervise them. And yet they were doing what they knew was right and good and just, even without their master being present. And I think that a lot of this has to do with what it means for us to be faithful uh, and have the spiritual fruit of faithfulness in our lives. Um, There's, There's to me a very clear expectation from this parable that Jesus expects his disciples to be faithful, to use their talents and to live up to their potential and to spread the gospel and be wise and discerning and all of these things that go into um, what it means to be a follower of Christ. And yet at the same time, Paul includes faithfulness as a fruit of the spirit which means that we cannot live up to our potential in faithfulness without the power of the Holy Spirit helping us. It's a both and. We can want it. We can pray for it. We can do it. And the Holy Spirit Spirit informs us and helps us grow. So what does this mean for us as the church? Well, I think first of all, Um, especially for the situation that you guys are in you can identify the talents and the gifts of the body you know you are the body of Christ you are the church Um, yes the building is where you gather but in every scripture that we see um, especially from Paul Paul talks about the body of Christ as the people and so what talents and gifts do you have how are you using them um, and we can then discern how God is asking the church, the body, to use those gifts. Um, and then we are faithful and do it. It's, it seems kind of like Captain Obvious, but sometimes it's not because, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways to know God. And yet, if we're going to increase our faithfulness, we need to listen to what God is telling us. And then do it and that's as the church and then as individuals i think we can be people of our word living with this integrity and trustworthiness um because those are characteristics but also faithfulness indicates that you have been have you have been doing trustworthy behavior for a long time right so like these people the two servants in the parable they Proved their faithfulness because they were trustworthy over a long time while their master was away, um, and I'm assuming they were faithful before that too, because otherwise their master wouldn't have given them, you know, finances to, to increase. Um, so we need to be people of our word and live with integrity and trustworthiness, and then also for each one of us, we can discern God's will and then do it. Um, As I said earlier, before the General Conference of 2019, uh, a lot of my fellow clergy people were kind of uh, upset, we'll say, um, because they weren't sure what was going to happen and they weren't sure if God was calling them to stay or go and it would depend on their congregations and all that kind of stuff. I am not an elder or a local licensed pastor And so I don't have, you know, I'm not itinerant in that way. Like I don't go from from church to church based on the decision of the bishops and the cabinet. But I felt like I was called to the United Methodist Church and wanted to discern if I was still called to the United Methodist Church. And the thing that really struck me, and I was surprised by this answer, which for me indicated that I was hearing God correctly. And I brought this to some other people for them to, to test it as well. Um, but God told me to stay with the United Methodist Church if it existed after the general conference of 2019. And so as we've gone forward through COVID and you know everything else that's happening, God has been really clear with me that I'm supposed to stay with the United Methodist Church. God has not changed God's mind. Um, and in reality, what I want in this situation doesn't matter because if I'm going to be faithful to my discipleship and to God, then I'm gonna do what God asks me to do even if I might disagree. Um, and so you know, that's just one example um, that I think might be relevant to the situation that you guys are in. And you have your own discernment to do um, both as a church and as individuals. What is God asking you to do? And how is God asking us as a group and as individuals to be faithful to what God has entrusted of us? And so we get in all of our messy glory to go forth in ways that demonstrate our faithfulness and our trust in Christ and show who God is to the world. Um, It is both difficult and simple all at the same time, which at least for me, that's how I know God. If it's simple and difficult, I'm pretty sure I'm hearing correctly. (laughs) So with that, let us pray again the prayer from John Stott taken from the book by Christopher Wright uh, that's on the back of your bulletins. Heavenly Father, I pray that this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen.